AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people just like you who are doing great things in the world. And today I have someone who is very, very inspiring. I recently heard about her because she was featured in an article by Forks Over Knives. She's almost 80 years old, but she runs marathons. She's run them on many different continents. I don't think I've even run around the block. She was almost 200 pounds, a cigarette smoking junk food eater, and now she is an extremely healthy vegan and she helps people with their running and she's just so inspirational. It's such an honor to meet you. Please welcome Betty Holston Smith to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. It is. So where do you live, first of all? Uh, actually, I live about 25 miles north of Washington, D.C. in, in, in uh, Rockville, Maryland. Nice. And then this is my home. And um, as you said, I'm nearly 80 years old. And I always lived in Maryland, but I traveled all around the world. I've run on each of the seven continents, even a marathon on Antarctica, if you can believe that. And I also, in my professional life, I have been in every state in America. I that is incredible. Trainer. I read in your article that and you have the actual age of, oh, excuse me. Helping uh, people. I, are you still there, Doc? Are you still there, Betty? Something. Can, can you hear me okay? I'm sorry, something. Okay. Can, now I can. You, okay, great. What I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it, it looked like there was a glitch. I wanted to make sure you could still hear me. And what's amazing is your your actual age is, or your fitness age is like 32. Yes, my fitness age is about 32. And that's, um, uh, it wasn't done by me, but I have participated in so many different types of, of research program, especially research having to do with energy and aging. And uh, one of those programs, they asked me if they could put me through the process to figure out my fitness age. And my fitness age is 32. My chronological age right now is 79.7. So I'm heading for 80. My resting heart rate right now, this morning, was 29 beats a minute, which means that is a strong, healthy heart. It's not a weak heart with one of the heart problems like bradycardial. It's when the heart is pumping so slowly and it cannot provide the, the body with all of the oxygen that it needs. But mine. It's basically 29, it fluctuates between 29 and 31 beats per minute, and that's the resting heart rate. And my VO2 max at my age, at my fitness age of 32 is 41. And that's how much oxygen can get into all of the cells and how the body uses can, can use oxygen. And my blood pressure is pretty, pretty low, usually around 106 over 70. And I know I have issues uh, in our family with, with high blood pressure. I have a couple of siblings who are on medication. I may be on the medication. So my um, 
doctors tell me if I didn't have the lifestyle that I have. And it's not just the fitness part with the long distance running, but people don't understand that the nutrition part is just as important. So here I am 50 or so years later, as AG said, I started off 200 plus pounds, uh, sedentary, sitting on the sofa, looking at TV, eating bonbons. You may not know what bonbons are, but bonbons are anything having to do with anything that's not good for your body. And I was just in bad shape, heading for all kinds of things. Hypertension, heart problems, diabetes, all kinds of things. And my daughter and I were out in a park one day. She tagged me, she was three. She tagged me and said, mommy, 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 you can't catch me. And she ran away expecting for me to be behind her catching her. I couldn't catch my breath, much less catch her. So that planted a little seed way in the back of my mind. Now I didn't make that change overnight and lose all of that weight and start eating healthy food and all of that overnight. This was 1969. So it was a long, long time ago. And medicine and everything else has gotten much more efficient and more competent. Back then, my doctor gave me what ended up to be speed. <laughs> FDA took it off the market, but it was diet pills. I started taking the diet pills and as I said earlier, Yes, I did take the weight off like in a week or two. And I was um, very hyperactive. It, the pills did not agree with me at all. So the doctor could only give me a prescription for, I think it was a month or six weeks. Then he had to withdraw them and wait for a while and then give me another prescription. Well, I did that a couple of times. And I would lose the weight, and I would lose just incredible amount of weight on those pills, and then gain it back. Finally, I heard a nice, very competent doctor who had a call-in radio show. And here's what he told me. And this was like 19s, early 70s. He said, you have to change your lifestyle if you expect to become healthy and stay healthy. Diets don't work. I don't care if they have $100 billion worth <laughs> of money to convince you that diets do work. Diets don't work. You have to change your lifestyle. So he said this, this is early 70s now, and the other doctors around the world were kind of looking at him as if he was one of those snake oil salespeople um, way back in, in cowboy times. 
Well, he said, you have to do this. You have to eat fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, dried beans, seeds, and nuts. Okay? And a little tiny bit of animal protein. Okay, that was, that was his base. Then he told me on his radio show, I'm thinking he's talking to me because I was really listening, but he was, he was just putting this out on his radio show. And he said, for the fitness part, here's what you need to do. You need to get out. Most people can walk, but some weight bearing exercise that you like, because if you don't like it, you aren't going to do it. So you have to like it. Get out and walk. Get your heart rate up 20 beats above the resting rate and keep it there for 30 minutes, three times, at least three times a week. Okay, that's where you start. That's your base. And here's where I am after listening to him and really hearing what he had to say. Here's where I am 50 years later or so. I do eat fruits and vegetables and whole grains and dried beans and um, seeds and nuts. So I have a variety of those items every day, things that I like. And right now, I didn't do this beginning this right back in the early 70s, but over time, I'm telling you exactly where I am today. So that's what I eat, and this is how I eat it. I have an, an old oysterizer blender. <laughs> and again, this is a blender up to date. Now you have the food processors. Okay, this works the same way. I put in the blender and I blend these foods to have enough meals that I can put into serving size glass dishes to the freezer, in the freezer. So here's what I put in the blender. A variety of fruits, whatever I like and whatever looks good in, in the supermarket. And it's got to be, for me, it has to be organic, 100% organic. So whatever fruits you like, four or five different kinds of fruits. I have two vegetables, specifically two vegetables because of what my body feels like it needs. One vegetable is celery, just plain old everyday celery. I chop it up, put it in the blender. And the reason why I do celery is because there is some wonderful research out of the University of Chicago some years ago. There was a family who had, um, the father had high blood pressure and the son was a researcher in Chicago. They were researching how to manage high blood pressure. And the father kept telling the son, you need to try celery because I love celery. And every time I miss eating my celery, my blood pressure goes up. 
And then if I eat more celery, my blood pressure goes down, even on the medication. So finally, the research doctor said, okay, dad, we'll try this. And they tried it and they found that their properties in celery that can moderate the blood pressure because it relaxes the arteries. These properties in, in celery can relax the arteries. And if you have relaxed arteries, the blood doesn't have to push too hard to flow throughout your body. So I do add celery every day. I mean, I eat it every day. I add it when I make this mixture, like maybe once a week or once every other week. And then the other vegetable is broccoli. It's broccoli because I'm a really strict vegan. So I don't eat anything that comes from any animal. Okay, so um, berries come from, you know, where they come from. And I don't eat those. So I'm trying to fortify my calcium with the broccoli. So I have it every day in this mixture. Okay, so I did the fruits, I did the vegetables, now the whole grains. And again, everything is organic. Whole grains, I mix organic oatmeal and organic, um, organic oatmeal and organic oak bran. And then I cook it in water only, distilled water at that. Cook it on the stove and then I add it to the mix. So that's my fruits, my vegetables, my whole grains. Uh, my beans would be for the, for the dinner meal. So I'm gonna skip the beans and go to the seeds. I have all kind, a mixture of seeds every time. And it could be uh, different seeds, the same seeds, but always flaxseed and chia seed. And then there, there are all kinds of other seeds, sunflower seeds and whatever else, whatever you like, put it in the blender. And then the final thing would be nuts. For nuts, definitely walnuts, English walnuts. And I also put in when I, when I can, um, when they are available, black walnuts. They have more nutrients than English walnuts. So there is such a thing called black walnuts. And I grew up as a little kid next door to two black walnut trees. So we would, my siblings and I, that was our candy in a sense with the black walnuts. So we were very familiar with black walnuts. So I mix all of those ingredients and I put in distilled water uh, to keep it the consistency of yogurt. And then I pour it into serving dishes, all glass, no plastic, and I put it in the freezer. And then I can eat um, those that high quality uh, vegetarian, vegan, organic, very healthy foods for my breakfast. And I have to, 
I have to put a pen right here to let you know that I eat breakfast. The, the later part of the day, I eat breakfast. I eat the lightest meal, the latest part of the day. Okay, so that I will be eating at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. or anything like that. And I know everybody says you shouldn't eat after a certain time, but this is just for my lifestyle and how I live the rest of my life that supports eating at this time. Okay, I'll back up and pick up the, the dried beans. I cook my own and I have a variety. Again, usually the dried beans, there's no problem with something being rotten or anything. So I just make a selection. I can tell you my favorite would be chickpeas, gabonzo beans, just absolutely high, high quality. And the beans are known for certain things like the little old pea, uh, the navy bean, the little old navy bean has the highest fiber. <laughs> so you can uh, do your research to find out what your body needs based on whatever, not only the beans, but whatever any of these foods will like focus on for you. And you can really make a change just like the, the guy in Chicago the father in Chicago convinced his son to try to make sure that he tries the celery. So the food can be your medicine and the food can help you stay away from certain conditions and diseases. And that's how I, I look at food. So for my dinner or the main meal, I have a variety of dried beans cooked in distilled water, always with onions and always with garlic, always with olive oil, and a variety of vegetables, everything. And I'm glad the kitchen sink is not a vegetable because that would be in the pot too. But I cook, I cook it, um, I be, I wash everything and I prepare everything for the pot and I put it in the pot and I turn it so that it just begins to boil at first. So I put a fair amount, maybe a thumb size amount of ginger in the pot. Okay, so I can come out with soup or I could come out with vegetable, um, uh, vegetable, <laughs> I can't think of the name, or I could come out with uh, a patty, a patty, a vegetable kind of patty. It all depends. But again, I put it in serving sizes and put it in the freezer. So in the morning, Oh, I have to tell you that because of my fitness, the doctors say, and this has been going on for maybe 50 years now, I actually get rapid eye movement, deep sleep 
four hours a night. It takes me no time to get into deep sleep. And I stay there four hours, high quality sleep. And then no time to come up from deep sleep. So I'm down four, four hours a night, really, really resting high quality. And then I have 20 hours during the rest of the time to take care of whatever it is that I'm doing and I'm always doing. I know that because I was in two different sleep studies in these research, this research along the way, and that's what they found. Um, most people struggle to get to the deep sleep. Some kind of way I don't struggle, I get there. So I'll go to sleep like at midnight and then I'm wide awake at 4 a.m. So if I have something else going, I might vary the time I go to sleep. It all depends on what else is going on in my life. So that works very well for me. There, they found out, science found out that there are certain genes in the head that allow people to sleep less time. I did not um, participate in that study. So I don't know if I have that gene. I can think back, I've always been able to sleep less and I don't nap and I have all of the energy in the world. So that's, that's basically my lifestyle. Like I'm up in the morning at 4 a.m. I'm writing another book. So that's the time when the creativity is flowing and it, everything is quiet, not even much traffic out. Uh, you don't hear much traffic out on the streets. And then I go to my exercising. I have a routine in the morning it's now two hours where I do strengthening and flexibility and balance and relaxation to keep my body in tune with how nature designed for it to be and stay in tune. So that's every morning and I do um, what I call joint awakening exercises first and then I do strengthening exercises and I use uh, free rate weights and bands and also the flexibility the stretching of everything from the head to the toe and then I'm on the floor with all of the planks and uh, just all of the floor exercises that will uh, strengthen my body. And then I am uh, rolling with rollers and rolling the muscles on the both sides of the body and the back and the front. And then I finish all of that with Tai Chi. I've been practicing Tai Chi for about 40 years. And that really helps with all of it, strengthening and flexibility and balance and relaxation. It's just 
a wonderful, wonderful, moving meditation. So after the Tai Chi, then I'm sitting and just sitting there and just letting my mind do what it needs to do with the meditating. Okay, so I am um, very, very busy. I run, right now, I'm running another virtual race, which is 901 miles, I just finished. And it was a virtual race that began at the base of um, Florida. And you went up the west, west coast to Alabama. That's 901 miles. And then I made a U-turn and I'm running back down now. And you know, these virtual races, if you're not into this kind of running, um, you can register online and then you program in all of your time and your miles on a regular basis. And then um, they will show you beautiful scenery along the way because they can coordinate where you are, how many miles you've done with what the scenery would be like. So that's fine. So I decided to go back the other way. But I do run at least, my regular running would be 60 miles a week. And I would run, I'm running 100 miles a week because of the virtual races. I'm, I'm doing more than one, but virtual races. And I have enough energy. I would say, if you really want to up your energy level, Take a look at the Tarahumara Indians from Mexico, Cooper Canyon, Mexico. And I can't spell that for you, but Tarahumara Indians, I'll tell you. Um, Christopher McDougall wrote a book called a Born to Run, and he went there to Mexico, Cooper Canyon, Mexico, and he lived with the Indians to do to do his research. And he found they can do 300, 400 miles on chia seed and water, ground chia seed and water. So I had a chance to talk to Christopher to find out more about these Indians and how they could do what they do and some of them out there still doing two and three hundred miles up and down canyons when they are 70, 80, 90 years old. So if you want extra energy, try chia seed and water and make it a part. You can put it in the tea, you can put it in uh, iced drinks, whatever but try it and you will see that your energy level will really, really increase. When I run ultra marathons, and I run six day races. I ran, I run three six day races over the last few years. And the last one I ran was last year and this year I had to cancel it because of the virus. But I run night and day just night and day 
on about 40 minutes of sleep over the six days and six nights. Sounds crazy, but it does happen. I do not have need for recovery because my body runs in line with how it was made to move. Okay, man believes that they can improve on a human body. And in some cases, in some situations, maybe they can, you know, but there's no way to improve on the arch. It's very complicated from the medical point of view. I don't wear, I wear barefoot shoes. There's a company in England that makes and sells barefoot shoes. Barefoot shoes are shoes that merely just covers your feet. There is no arch supports. There's no, there's absolutely no stability and there's no cushioning. So I've run in those shoes without socks. And I've run in those shoes and no other shoes for probably 15 years now. The only thing the podiatrist says is my feet and my legs have gotten more stable and also stronger. So, <laughs> In line with how the body was made to move, I do chi, chi running, like Tai Chi, but the chi part of Tai Chi, the chi running, which moves in line with how the body was made to move. Tai Chi is, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 years old now. And I can... I've only been doing it, maybe practicing it, maybe 40 years. But when I'm not able to do it for whatever the reason, I can feel it, feel the difference. So what I've done over all of these years, I've listened to the body. After Dr. Gabe Merkin, with his radio show a long, long time ago, put me on the path. And I've stayed on the path because I follow exactly what Mother Nature put in place for the human body. So I don't eat by the clock. I eat when the body tells me that it is time to eat. I eat what the body tells me that it's time to eat. Now, I don't add salt table salt to my food because it's already salty. If you do some research, you can find there are certain foods that are salty because they're naturally salty. Celery is one and tomatoes another. So check it out. So I don't add salt, but there are times when I have to add salt because the body is craving salt. And those are the times when I'm out running these 48-hour races and the six-day races and whatever marathons and, 
and whatever ultra marathons, you have to keep the chemicals inside of your body balanced. And the body tells me when I need salt. When I'm running night and day without a break, I'm eating. I, I, I have to tell you, I do not any longer eat in restaurants. I don't eat in French houses, at French houses. You know, they get mad with me sometimes, but that's okay. Even my mother got upset when I stopped eating her Thanksgiving, um, whatever she was making for Thanksgiving. She did a beautiful, wonderful sweet potato pie and I got to the point where I wouldn't eat it. So family members said, oh, don't do that to your mother because she spent all this time and she knows you love sweet potato pie. But I decided that I was gonna control what I put in my mouth. And restaurants, I do know, and maybe not all restaurants, but I do know a lot of restaurants would do absolutely anything to make the food tastes good so that you can come back. <laughs> they need repeating customers. So I just eat according to what the body says that I need to eat when I need to eat. And as I said, with the salt, when I'm out running, I need salt. So I take a little shaker of salt and I would have it. And then once my body is satisfied with the salt, then that's it. I don't want any more salt. It just tells me, you don't want any more salt. You're, you're balanced. And something else I found was with the running was water. I take distilled water. And if I don't have distilled water, I would drink any water so that I don't die out there. But the body can balance water in and water out. I've gotten to the place where I can drink water and then at some point it doesn't come out any longer. It's balanced so what I put in is used by the body. You know, there is a condition called um, hypernatremia, something like that, where you have too much salt in the body and not enough water. And you can really go into a coma and die. So I have to really watch my water while I'm out running these long races, especially the last six-day race was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where it was very, very hot and humid. And I could handle I could handle that because I knew how to balance the water intake and the salt intake. And I never have ever been dehydrated running. As vegans, you know that most of the foods you eat are mostly water. Vegetables and fruits are mostly water. So if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you probably would never become dehydrated because you're eating, you're eating water every day for most meals. 
So for me, the body is in charge. So I move according to how, how the body would like for me to move. As I said, I do chi running where I set up the body, good posture and good alignment. And good alignment means if you can look in the mirror on a full length mirror to the side and see if your shoulder bone and your hip bone and your ankle bone are in a straight line. Straight line, shoulder, hip, ankle. And you can look at this or you can get someone to put a string to your shoulder and pull it all the way down to your ankle and see if that string is straight up and down. In order to do that, you have to take care of the pelvis. As you age, gravity is not nice. <laughs> it interferes with your posture and with your alignment. So number one, the top of your head, it needs to sit squarely on the vertebrae in your neck, which is squarely on the vertebrae in your spine. And your spine has that natural curve for a reason. So you are not interfering with that natural curve. But what you can do for your head, put your ear over your shoulder and your chin parallel to the floor at the same time, those two things. Ear over the shoulder, chin parallel to the floor. It prevents you from leaning forward like this. As you age, gravity is going to pull this head down toward the floor. Can't let it happen because Depending on how how much uh, how much you weigh and how old you are, this head leaning like that could weigh fifty pounds. Some of these days, if you're in a, a gym or somewhere where you can lift fifty pounds, you know, a chair or whatever in a gym, see how heavy that is. That's your head, and it is really doing what you would do in a gym with trying to develop the muscles like in your upper arm here. If you keep your head down like this because gravity is pulling you forward, these muscles along the upper back and the back of the shoulders will get developed, become developed. And there is a medical term for that, which I can't remember. There is a medical term and what the science says is that when you see people who are older leaning, and some of them are leaning to the degree that they can't straighten up. So they have to go through life, the rest of the life, looking down. And if they want to look up, they have to look up with their entire upper body because they can no longer do this. Okay? So... It's mostly caused by 
almost 100% caused by allowing the head to move down, developing the hump in the back, and not understanding that that's what's happening because you can't see that from the inside. Somebody's got to tell you, straighten up, okay? And it's a matter of ear over the shoulder, chin parallel to the ground. And now with the texting, what do you think is happening, especially with the younger kids? They are down and texting and they're developing early on, 13, 14 year olds, developing six and seven and eight year olds, developing muscles in the upper back early on. So you're gonna see in a few years, people with a hump in the back and are not able to straighten up at a younger age. Now it is an older age thing, but soon it's going to be a younger and a middle age thing. So that's part of good posture and good alignment. And then you get the core. Let's say from your belly button up to right under your neck. You need to do something to keep that part of your body, which is by far the strongest part of the body. You got the strongest muscles in the core. And the core goes from the front all the way to the back, the spine. You got muscles up and down your spine. You got your wonderful diaphragm that helps you with deep breathing in the core. And you have the abdomen with the, with the very, very strong muscles to keep you upright. And I'm going to tell you what you need to do to always have your, your um, pelvis level. It needs to be level, especially as you age, because it helps the upper body and the lower body function as one unit and not fight each other. This is for walkers, for runners, for anybody, swimmers, any, anybody. It's good posture. And we figured it out. Just like we figured out the ear over the shoulder, chin parallel to the ground. You need to do level your pelvis, think in your mind, when Michael Jackson was alive and he's on stage dancing and singing and dancing, he would do this thing with his pelvis. Can you see that in your mind's eye? It would go up and down, up and down. Well, he was leveling his pelvis. Leave it up. Don't put it down. If you leave, if you let it, go down and relax them down, you are putting extra pressure on your lower back. So the level pelvis stabilizes your body, the top and the bottom. And it makes you stand upright. And that's where your energy comes from. Your pelvis, your core has to be strong as a piece of upright iron, you know, very strong like that. And it's straight and it's upright. And 
everything else in your body is relaxed. Your arms are relaxed. Your shoulders are relaxed. Your legs are relaxed. Your glutes are not relaxed. They help. They are less relaxed. Uh, uh, they are more relaxed than the core itself. They are a part of the core. But there are some really, really strong, big muscles in your glutes. And they help with the movement, the forward movement, the backward movement, the movement down a hill, the movement up a hill. They help with movement. Okay, now your knees are always soft. Please do not lock your knees. Never lock your knees. <clears throat> your knees are always soft and your ankles are very flexible. So as I said earlier, I do joint awakening exercises every morning and I hit every joint and mostly circling. So I'm circling, putting my hands on the knees, left hand on the left knee, right hand on the right knee, always with the level pelvis. And I'm leaning over and I'm pushing those knees back and I'm pulling up my chin to get a stretch in the back. And then I'm circling those knees. The circling of the knees also circles your ankles, both ankles. So in order to be able to do all of this, your baseline is nutrition. You gotta have the fruits and the vegetables, you gotta have all of the vitamins, you gotta have all of the minimal, uh, minerals, including the trace minerals, to have a body that can accommodate to how mother nature made you so that you can move. So, if you look at nature, you will see anything that's not moving dies. Even the flowing river, if it's not moving, it becomes stagnant and sometimes you can smell it. But nature wants you to move because that's the leaves on the trees are even moving. Everything moves to stay alive. In order to move, you got to have the nutrition that will allow you to move and allow you to have the energy to get to where you can move. So don't think that you can just be a runner or a walker or whatever and do that outside and you can eat, what can I say, McDonald's or whatever or whatever that will tear you down nutritionally rather than building you up. You, you, too much of that as you get older, Mother Nature will put that right in front of you to say, now you have diabetes because you ate too, too much sugar and you didn't move it off. You have all kinds of conditions because of your bad, unhealthy nutrition. So it's two together. It's the nutrition and it's the movement.
for you to be healthy. They are equal. People a long time ago, when I started this, all they focused on was losing the weight. They said, if you could lose the weight, you'll be healthy. And that was so wrong because how can you be healthy if you're losing the weight and not really eating foods that will build you up? You cannot be healthy. So forever, that's what you have to do. And it's about a lifestyle change. I don't care how you find your nutritious food. Now, AJ, I saw her, some of her, she shared with me some of her videos. And if you need foods that are appealing looking and all of that, the colors and the textures and everything and still high quality, that's what you need to do. You need to absolutely do that. And then there are people like me that I don't need all of that because I became a vegan and I got away from all of the stuff that were not on the vegan list because I wanted to be healthy and running was my, the core, in a sense, the core of my life. So everything I ate and everything I did had to do with being a better runner because being a better runner helped me to be a more healthy person. So my passion was running. Yours may be something else, which is okay. As long as it can get you to where you need to go and stay with healthy food and the proper movement of your body, then you can be healthy for the rest of your life. This is a lifestyle change. More so than, oh gosh, my 10th reunion is coming up. I've got to get into this dress. Oh, my son is getting married. And the mother of the bride is so nice and petite. I've got to beat her. I've got to be more petite. So I'm going to get on this diet and do this thing so that I can lose this weight. That's not healthy. That's not healthy. Nature lays out exactly what we need, how to be healthy, what you need to be healthy, and how to change your lifestyle. Uh, for me, in I wrote a book called Lifestyle by Nature, and it outlines everything that I've said plus more. And I came up with six steps, just six basic steps that I took over 50 years looking back, writing this book. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I looked back and there are six steps. And the first step is internal strength. You have to know that you want to do this and you have to have the strength to do it. So you have to have the passion and the perseverance 
And then the next step was your mind and your body both are in charge of whatever it is that you do. You can't just do it only with the body. The mind has to give you permission and help you do it. So step two is mind-body harmony. They need to be in harmony. And you need to learn how that works. And there are lots of information about mind and body harmony. And, and I took what I needed, I put it in the book because that's what I did over time for mind and body harmony. And then the third step, once you have the strength, step one and the mind and body harmony, step two, then you get into nutrition and movement. You've got to know and understand like how to read labels because they don't always tell you exactly how to read labels. And you need to know what it is that you're putting in your mouth. You know, if you don't care, that's one thing. But if you really want to make a change and you want to make sure that as you age, you don't fall into the diabetes or whatever. So, and as I talked about earlier, it is the nutrition on that side and the nutrition, I mean, and the movement, they are together. And in the book, I talk about how they work and how they work can work against you or for you. So I figured it figured out how it can work for me. And I give examples of how difficult it was. And I'm not saying any of this is very easy. And once you have the strength and you have the mind and body harmony and you have the nutrition and movement harmony, you stay there for a while. And the next step, the logical step, is you will cross the lifestyle change line. And for me, once I crossed the lifestyle change line, then friends who would get on you for now, you don't eat this, but you sure used to eat it. Come on, it's your birthday. Why don't you eat it? And I won't eat it because I crossed the line. Not only will I not eat it, I don't want it. It's no longer in my life. It's no longer part of my lifestyle because I crossed the lifestyle change line. You know, I didn't feel badly because of my mother's sweet potato pie that she had to give elsewhere because I didn't eat it. Okay, and then after that, there you are. Your lifestyle has changed. You're new at it and you will fall back. But nature helps you with that. Now, right now, if I were to eat a piece of my mother's or anybody's sweet potato pie, I would get sick. My body would speak to me about that. If I eat something that I haven't eaten or if I eat saturated fat that I haven't eaten or anything, my stomach would rebel. I don't know if I would throw up. I don't know what I would do, but I do know that I would be in pain. So the 
Step five is ongoing challenges. You got to challenge, uh, you will get challenges. Like I said, your friends will try to make you feel badly because now you're healthier and the weight has, has moved up and you've been able to keep it off. Don't know, I mean, know that you will have challenges and you can go back to some of the earlier steps to try to help handle those challenges. So forever you will have challenges. But once you cross the lifestyle change line, I knew I had because I could, I did not want anything that mimicked anything that I gave up, even anything I did not want. And I'm here in Maryland, just north of DC, and not too far from the Chesapeake Bay with the best blue crabs in the country. And I gave them up. And we, in my family growing up, it was six kids and my mother and father, and in a neighborhood where we could do a um, crab thing and cook them outside, you know, get a um, whatever with a tub and cook them outside. And all the neighborhood and all the kids would come and we would spread out the newspapers and bring in all the picnic tables and have fun eating the crabs. But that was how I grew up. And the crabs, blue crabs from Maryland were the last things that I gave up having to do with animal protein. But it's, it's over because I did cross the lifestyle change line. And you know they have, um, I don't know what they're made out of, but they do have um, lobster, a vegetable kind of lobster, vegetable crab meat and all of that. I never did that. I just never did that because I didn't want anything that mimic what I had given up. So the last step would be just plain healthier outcomes. And healthier outcomes for me are things like this. I, I'm a, a person who goes to the doctor. I respect science. I'm always looking for the latest research on health, fitness, and nutrition. And after these long distance races, here's what I do. I go to the doctor before and I get blood work before the race, a month or two. Then I get blood work a month or two after. I have to twist arms to do that so that insurance can pay for that. So I won't name the company, my, my um, HMO, but they advertise prevention. So here's what I do. They, get, they do blood tests. I did a six day race on 40 minutes of sleep, basically uh, otherwise without a break. I mean, obviously I would stretch, uh, I'm sorry, I would roll on the rollers every now and then throughout the six days, but I didn't sit down, put my feet up. I did sleep, snippets of sleep 40 minutes. Okay, I got back to the doctor and I got the blood work and my primary doctor said, there's something going on with your blood. Your red blood cells have thickened. 
And I am going to send you to the hematology oncologist, the cancer of something having to do with the blood and with the liver that, that they were concerned about. So I went there and that hematologist did an additional blood work. And whatever else she did, everything came out within normal limits. And she knew I had done this long run. And she said, the only thing that I can say to you is because your body had the nutrition and everything it needed, because you needed extra oxygen, because you were running six days and six nights without a break, your body compensated and, in, and increased your red blood cells. And red blood cells carry the oxygen. So I needed more oxygen. So my body increased the red blood cells so that I could have more oxygen. So I didn't have any muscle cramps as many of the other runners did. And that's not the only thing. My bones, my femur bones have thickened. I've run probably 100,000 miles over these 50 years. Well, Reynolds World says it's more than 100,000. And my bones are still not breaking down. As you age, you know, your bones rejuvenate. They break down and they rejuvenate. And as you age, they break down more than they build up. Well, mine are still not breaking down more than they build up. So my femur bone showed on x-ray that I have more <laughs> new bones at my age. And I think this was maybe four, no, five, uh, three years ago. I have more new bone than old bone. And I was well into my 70s. So it's the nutrition and it is the movement, moving in a way, the way the body was made to move. So there are other things, you know, my resting heart rate and all of that and my stroke output of blood from my heart because of my resting heart rate being so low, my whole body still gets enough oxygen from the brain and wherever else it needs to go. So these are the outcomes, the healthier outcomes as a result of a life, lifestyle life for good nutrition and proper movement. This is the human body. I don't have any special genes at all. This is what I do and this is how I've been doing it. And it's been 50 years and it shows what the body can do. Um, Johns Hopkins, um, the researchers, they have a long study on aging and energy and every now and then they collect information. I have some of their devices that they put on to collect information about aging and energy. One of the researchers told me that it's unfortunate it's just you that we can find for this kind of study because they can't find anyone else to be a part of this study. So what they do is they do me separately 
and look at the group, I was eight years older than the group. And I was, I don't know how many times healthier with more energy at my age. So they told me that you, all by yourself, you are defying the medical textbooks on energy and aging. Because I have all of this energy and I only sleep four hours a night. So that is my story. It is quite a story, I understand. It was not easy. Now it is easy because it's my lifestyle. But at first, back in 1969, when that kid of mine tagged me, between then and now, um, I did the work. I hung in there, I did the work. And now I'm reaping the benefits. And it is wonderful to be able to get up every day and not have any issues with arthritis or anything. And you go to the doctor and everything is within normal limits. It's worth all of the work. Believe me, once you get to this side of life, you know that it is worth all of the work. So <laughs> that's me. Well, that is an incredible story. You have inspired so many people and there are a few questions, but first I wanna ask you if you remember Jean Louise Crabtree Ellis. You read, you mean the- um... She says she's your. she was your neighbor and you're an inspiration. She says her name was Jean oh. Louise Crabtree Ellis. She's watching you. I do. Jean, hi. How <laughs> are the girls? Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Yes, I do remember her. I was thinking about her not too, too long ago. I don't know how she found this broadcast, but this is amazing. Sometimes oh. we've brought people together, like even cousins, distant cousins. So it's, it's well, so tell her that I'm at, I'm at the same telephone number. The only thing that's changed for me is I've gotten older. <laughs> well, you're, when do you turn 80? Hmm? What, when is your 80th birthday? Um... The beginning of February. Wow. Are you gonna... I'm, I'm uh, 79 plus seven months. So in three or four or five months, I'll be 80. Are you doing anything special for your 80th birthday, like running 80 miles or something like that? Um, maybe, but I haven't planned it because I don't do special birthday things because everything special was eating the wrong things, birthday cakes and whatever else. And I decided I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do that even for my birthday. That's so I will probably go out and do some running or something like that. I also teach deep water running and, and shallow water running. So maybe I'll just go into the pool. I'm swimming a lot as well. You want to join me? If I can get there, How about I, have very, joining me? I have, a, I, I don't know if you know Sharon McRae, but she's in Columbia, Maryland. I have a very dear friend and I've been to Maryland so many times. I wish I had known you then. They, she has a meetup group there. Uh, oh, great. Well, I'll have to, I'll have you to have my you. info next time you're there. Well, with the virus, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said that anything that isn't moving dies. That's, that's amazing. And that is so true. Look at it. Look at, look at nature out there. And that's why I say lifestyle by nature is really how 
I have ordered my life because it's really true. You know, you probably either have or are going to outlive all your doctors. Um, and see, my focus is not that, but it's on the good quality of life. What I'd like to do is feel good enough to get up that morning, go for a run, and find a wonderful, wonderful tree somewhere, and go sit under that tree, and the tree will tell me, oh, I'm so glad you came to visit. I've been waiting for you. And now you don't have any nursing homes. You don't have any feeding tubes. You don't have anything at all to worry about. Just sit down and just think about the next part of your life. <laughs> then I'll be gone. <laughs> what does your family think about you? At first, they... Not only my family, but others, my friends, and they had no clue what this was all about for me. Because for 10 years, I tried those crazy diets before, and you know, the diet pills and, and from the doctor and all of those things. And most people will get on a diet, lose some weight, get off the diet gain the weight plus additional weight. <clears throat> and then they go back to their regular lifestyle. So they find my family finally found out that I was really serious after 10 years. I could not walk a half block when I got started. I was, as I said, smoking and 200 plus pounds and I can only say plus pounds because when the scale hit 200, I blamed the scale and got rid of it <laughs> and still gained. So I was um, at the point back then where frustration kind of played a role for me to stay on the path. And the path was solid. Because as I said, it was Dr. Gabe Merkin, and he practiced medicine here in this area um, for long for years. And now he lives in Florida, but he practiced medicine. And his information was based on science that he had done mostly himself because science was not into this kind of uh, health, fitness, and nutrition back then. That's why I got the diet pills. So I'm ready. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. And I'm hoping to share it. I need to share it and share it because I don't expect for everybody to walk down the same path at the same rate that I did in the same way, but it's still the human body and there are ways that each person who's listening to this can come out with healthier outcomes. And as I said earlier, I looked at your videos that you sent me and it's amazing. It, it was like a Rembrandt <laughs> uh, painting a beautiful, beautiful picture. That's what your, uh, your dishes looked like. Everything kind of balanced and 
the colors and all of that. And it, it's, it's great. So this is not the only way, but this is the only outcome that you want. You want healthier outcomes. And if you have conditions now, if they are lifestyle driven, you can at some point talk to your doctor and get off of the medication. You can reverse heart disease, certain types, and diabetes, certain types, and other things, certain types. So I'm telling you, and you probably know this as you get older, you will see that it's much better to get started now and do it in line with how you live your life. But do it because it makes a real difference once you get to be 60 and 70 and 80. And I'll let you know about 90 and 100. And I definitely will let you know about 130. <laughs> That's amazing. Do any of your kids eat like this? You mean my children? Yeah, do they, do they follow oh, this? Uh, my daughter, we only have the one daughter, but she um, tries. She's from a different era than I was. And I did not, I was not privy to the billions of dollars of advertising dollars that these companies had that are about them and not about you. So she does real well. I have two grandkids, two boys, and now they're 14 and 15. But for their entire life, until this virus stopped, um, uh, closed the schools in this last March, I, I, was the grand, I was the homework grandmother. And they had always been with me from infancy to being a homework grandmother. And they always ate whatever meals they ate at my house. And then when they got older, I would pick them up from school and we would prepare dinner. Well, we'd actually, they'd go shopping with me for the food. We would prepare the food. Mostly I cooked the food, but they were kind of watching. And then we would eat the food. So they are used to vegetarian kind of meals, uh, the strict organic vegetarian kind of meals. Now, I, I know that they don't get all of that at home all of the time. And now they're getting old enough to be out with their friends. We'll see. But I still believe what Mother Nature does with apples. Mother Nature says to me, Apples do not fall far from the tree. <laughs> so I am my grandkids' tree. <laughs> We've had lots of apples over all of these years. So maybe at some point they will prove that apples do not fall far from the tree. That's incredible. People are asking, do you have any videos where you show some of your routines or recipes or your stretching? Okay, I gave everybody all of my recipes, you know, in the blender, that's what I eat. And the variety is 
going to the supermarket and seeing what looks good. So if the kale doesn't look good, I may go to the mustard greens this time. So my recipes are set. So it's fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and seeds and nuts. And you got a variety over all six of those ingredients. They don't, it doesn't have to look good. And also I cook everything in water and the boiling point of water will not turn any of the ingredients in whatever you're frying or baking or grilling into cancer cells. That's some, some more research that you can look up. Um, the heat does something if you have a certain kind and a certain amount of fat in the food that you're preparing. And I'm in distilled water, period. And then olive oil would be the oil that I would use. I don't use any other oil. If there is saturated fat in certain nuts, but the more saturated fats you eat by putting them in your mouth, the less saturated fat your body will make because you need a certain amount of saturated fat to be healthy. Not like we usually get, but a certain minuscule amount. And you do not want your body to cut off making saturated fat because then it will make you want to eat saturated fat outside and put it in your mouth. And then what, what does your body do with the extra fat that you are not out moving to get rid of? It puts it right there under your skin, or they found out within the last 10 years, I think, research, that saturated fat, if you have, if you can't get rid of it, saturated fat will cause all kinds of issues, health issues in your body. So, that's just something that happens with um, what where things are today with the advertising and the convincing of people how to eat. And these companies are really a lot about their bottom line rather than your bottom. That's funny. The companies are about their bottom line. Rather, You have a lot of great sayings rather than your bottom. When did you start needing only four hours of sleep? And what do you do the other 20 hours of the day? Um, the, uh, uh, I started back as far as I can remember. I used to, um, I used to be in charge of a training unit for a unit that had a training uh, responsibilities nationwide. That's how I got into each of the states, training. And I um, sometimes whatever we had planned didn't work. So that night we had to redo, revamp, re-whatever. The training team, they couldn't hang in there with me all night. So I would do that. I would up, be up all night, do what I needed to do, be ready for the next morning. They would go back to their hotel rooms and sleep. And somebody said to me, how could you do this? You're older than we are. 
then I could always just do it. So when I was younger, I could also do it. So as I said, the, the researchers would like to check me to see if I have that, that is a gene that some people have. And um, some of the famous people have that, that gene. Um, the ones who have time to do all of these different things and contribute uh, to society. So I think I may have that gene because as far back as I can remember, it was four hours, but I'm not sure. One of these days, maybe I'll check it out, but I don't have a need to really. So it's been fun. That's amazing. Do you think you'll ever do some videos though showing maybe some of your stretching techniques or things you talked about? I um, probably will. There are videos that people have done over the years. There's uh, AARP. Uh, some of them, uh, over the years, I have tried to share this and people have found me because they read this older lady grant six days or whatever. And then they look me up and contact me to do it. Um, I've been in the in the magazines, uh, in the vegan magazine, which is um, Forks Over Knives magazine. A few months ago, um, people can put my name in, and certain things will come up on the internet. But here's what I usually do. I don't have time to really keep up with uh, keeping things updated because the 20 hours, believe me, I've taken up with my own running and I do coach. I'm a running coach in my running club as a volunteer and I'm a coach otherwise. So I coach uh, walking and I coach running and I teach deep water running and shallow water walking for, for the county, Montgomery County, um, just the county in Maryland, uh, Rec Association. And I'm writing another book. Um, I have grandchildren and we climb trees and I run with them and, you know, all of those crazy things. And um, in my spare time, I don't have a lot of spare time to add anything else. And I found that to hire someone, they are not going to take whatever it is that I'm doing as seriously as I am and I don't want to supervise. And I don't want to um, make sure that, I, I want to make sure that people get exactly what they should be getting that I'm putting out. So my email address works. And if people have questions, I will be glad to respond and they just have to be patient, but I'll be glad to respond to any questions. And most of what I said is in this book, Lifestyle by Nature, that it took me a long, long time to write, five years worth of trying to write it in snippets over time and ran all the other responsibilities. And at some point, someone 
who is going to be very patient, will be able to help me to get on the social whatever so that I can be, uh, oh, technology will catch up with what I need from the technology. Right. Well, you to be know, able to do that and do what I'm still doing. That's maybe, it. If anybody watching has some time that would like to help Dr. Betty get her social media going, I've posted her email. That would be a wonderful uh, act of service if any of you people can do that. Oh, for that's her. so nice. Thank you. Yeah, I would do it for you, but I don't even do it for me. I know you don't. How busy so, are you? Yes. Yes. But at least you do. I, so I, but yeah, yeah. But I can, if you, I, but you know, one thing I could help you with, I could help, probably help you get started with YouTube because that's probably the one thing that I kind of understand the most. Well, you've been amazing and we loved hearing your story and maybe you'll come you. back on your 80th birthday and, and share some oh, more wisdom. Oh, I would love to do that. So which day in February is it? Because I'm already booking in February. So do you, what that's day is one. Oh my God. February 1. Okay. I've got somebody booked that day. I'm going to see if I can change her to February 2, because it would be important for you to come on your actual birthday. <laughs> that's funny. The only day in February I have booked, but I'm going to see if I can switch. Of course, I don't see of course that's what? the only day because the, the universe yeah. takes care of me. That's okay. <laughs> and what, and when will our, what, what is your new book called, if you know, and when might it come out? Um, right now, the new book is called outraged it's about racism and the premise is justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are so i figured it out how to outrage what i'm calling white unintended white races, which is the vast majority of white people here in the country. They see what they saw with the knee and all of that, and another seven shots in the back. They're outraged when they see it. But they there's not anything that they can do to really join a group to get rid of this racism. And it's never happened in the country. That's why it's still ongoing and it's getting much worse. It's almost back to the lynching era. But now it's lynching with the knee and lynching with the bullets by the police, the ones who should be protected. So that's what I'm writing about. And it's about my life under racist rule here in America. And it's been all of these years and it's still where it is. I wish you good luck writing. I know how hard it is to write any book. So I wish you very good luck with that. And we look Thank forward you. to, of course, and we look forward to having you back on February 1st, 2021 to celebrate your 80th birthday. Hopefully everybody will come back and maybe even more people will hear oh, about that'd you be by great. then. Because you that'd are- That would be great. Yep, you're a rising star. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 11 a.m. where I'm going to have another inspiring guest. She is an octogenarian. She's a woman that really greatly influenced my life. She was the first 
female to ever been nominated for an Emmy for directing in television. And the episode she directed is considered the greatest episode on television of all oh, time. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so, and, and, and she's even a little bit older than you. So I'm really excited about oh, that. I, I really like to feature people that, that, that just are, that inspire me. Cause if I inspire me, maybe they'll inspire other people too. So thanks again, Dr. Betty. It was Thank great meeting you. Thank you very much, AJ, I appreciate it. Absolutely. And even if that lady won't switch her date, I'll make, do another interview so that we can have you back on your 80th birthday. Okay, great. All right. Thank Take you. care, everybody.